Welcome to This Week in Marymount Warriors Athletics here on ESP Media Powered by Saturn Sports. I'm Jason Griefer, and we're happy to be joined once again by Tom Neural, Athletic Director at Marymount High School here on MarymountSports.com. Tom, obviously it's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, gotten together here. Uh, how have the last few weeks been for you as far as teams finishing up the regular season and then now moving into the postseason? Well, we have dug out of the snow. Uh, only, had, only had one postponement, I think. But uh, yeah, things are good. The teams are doing well. Uh, you know, we're starting to wrap up the seasons, as you said, and we have kicked off the spring season. So things are busy, 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 but, uh, <laughs> but it's a good thing to have. So yeah, we're ready to roll. <clears throat> let's get right into it. Let's, let's start on the hardwood and let's start with your girls basketball team because they have had some rather tense moments. Uh, I, I would say here in, as they've gone to the postseason, three barn burners in the sectional, as far this isn't supposed to happen for a three seed you're supposed to have an easier path but uh it's it's been quite a challenge kind of kind of recap this you start off with a six point win over taft you need overtime to beat east clinton and then just most recently you play norwood you get a three-pointer with 13 seconds left to win that one to get into the district final now to take on uh waynesville there to try and win the district and, and advance on uh how stressful has this run been for you uh, and as well as for the coaching staff, it's been a lot more stressful on the coaching staff than it has for me. I just <laughs> I just sit there and tweet, and I'm I'm distracted for most of the game. And and the principal goes, "Oh, you missed one. You know, put this one out." Uh, but wow, yeah, what a what a wild couple of games. You know, uh, you know the, the game with Taft, uh, so many athletes there, and just a just a quick game, and then. Uh, and then with with East Clinton, you know the the teams uh, they're they're outside our our normal scope, outside our range, uh, and they had a good team. They're very similar to us. Uh, a lot of backdoor cuts early on, uh, got a big lead, but our girls just they stuck with it, and uh, it was actually kind of funny because the day after the game, our bus coordinator says, "I guess you don't need any more buses." And I said, "Well, we won last night." Because a bus driver said you lost, and so he he went outside when uh, about a minute and a half to go, we we're down seven, and and start. Yeah, yeah, we we went through that one. Um, just just a crazy game, it just a, a big overtime win for our girls. Really went off, and then with Norwood last night, we knew they had a good team. Uh, we played them earlier in the season. I think it was an overtime game there as well. Um, had a a disastrous first quarter. I think we were down uh, 10-2 or something. If you're playing ping pong, that's a skunk and, and the game's over. But, uh, you know, we just stayed at Then we had a 20-point second quarter, you know, went up and we're on a run and got a little tight there at the end. Uh, but they, they came out with a win, so great win for the girls. Uh, you know, we said this before, they're a very young team uh, and they're an exciting team. But, yeah, Spring hit that three from the corner with 13 seconds. So uh, it, it was just crazy. It was fun, yeah. So you go through this this season with a very young team, and yet you're still up there as as far as the elite goes uh, yeah. in the C, in the CHL. You, as we said, you get the three seed uh, in in the in the sectional there, which is very very good. Obviously, uh, what stood out to you most about the the way the team has gone through the season, given that they're so young, and given all the challenges that this season has presented? Yeah, their their defense is good. Um, and anyone that wins a championship will tell you, defense never takes a night off, and uh, and they 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 do not take a night off. And and once Norwood got up last night, that second quarter into the third quarter, actually in the fourth, I I think at one time, I think Norwood got four points in the third quarter, and and, and we were limiting them in the 
in the fourth. And I almost put the tweet out that our defense is something like you find at Waffle House, smothered, covered, and and everything else. And it, and I had it typed up, and I went, you know, you better not put that out there yet. And so I deleted it. And then and then we had some turnovers, and Norwood converted, and then it got tight. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just you know you don't put that stuff out there in a game. But their defense uh, has has been what they hung their hat on this year. Very strong at times. Very smothering at times. Um, very good. And that's what's carried this team. But hey, Waffle House, if you want to, you know, send send the team some love, send the program some love, I'm sure Tom would listen, you know, if that opportunity presented itself. We'll take it. And and, and Coach John <laughs> Parker from here is a regular customer. So uh, over the years, he's probably well invested in you guys. <laughs> Contact Tom Neural about that there, Waffle House, and uh, yeah. we'll, 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 get, we'll get a hookup there going forward. Uh, let's move over to the boys. And uh, they've had some time off here before getting ready to uh, begin postseason play. But uh, let's talk about their close to the regular season. We had talked about how you the, the, the team had basically spent the entire month of January at home and then was going to spend the, basically the entire month of February on the road. But they've proven they can do it on the road, road warriors, so to speak. You know, they, they win six straight to close the year with five of those being on the road. And one of the young men that's really stepped up his play during this entire run has been Will Trubisky. I know we talked about him, I think, the last time we talked, but continued to play well. He's averaging nearly 20 points per game uh, during this six-game run that you're on going into the postseason. Uh, what have the coaches said about Will and taking his game to the next level during this win streak. You know, uh, Will is um, Will's a great study of our season within itself because, you know, when the season started, we had a couple other players that were probably getting a lot more of attention uh, from the other team's defense than Will was. And then when uh, and when there was no McGowan, when when Sennis went down, now now Will's a guy, and so he started getting the full attention of other teams' defense. So he had to adjust a little bit, but he's worked on getting open. And uh, well, I tell you, he gets that first three of the game. If he if he drains that one, we know we're going to be on a run. But he's he's had some games here. He's just been draining it and then driving for the basket as well. He's done a really good job carrying this team uh, as we go down the stretch. And and another one has been Jack Borgerding. Uh, Jack uh, Jack missed a season with a knee last year. Uh, he stopped wearing a brace and is just wearing a, a sleeve now on that knee. Uh, boy, he's he's really come on about the last four or five games as well. So, you know, we look at this team and we think, wow, you know, McGowan's out and Sennis is out and you know, now Borgerding's healthy. Boy, if we had them all together, wow, what could you, you know, what could we have here? But we've still had a really good season. And and like I said, with, with Will to step up, he's gotten acquired player of the week honors already. Um, these guys are, are really excited to start the season, just to start the tournament. And you finally do get the start to that tournament uh, tonight with uh, Gamble Montessori in round one. And we can't help but look at the way the draw sets up. If you get past this one, you've got a potential sectional final looming against top seed uh, CHCA there. How did you feel when the when the bracket was announced? Well, you know, um, it seems like everybody went in that bracket. You know, they were avoiding Purcell and avoiding Taft. Um, but but Coach is really happy with that. He was really happy with that draw. Kind of surprised that Gamble jumped in right after we did into that bracket. But uh, Coach Caldwell thinks we match up with uh, anyone else who's in that bracket. So he jumped in there. We're feeling pretty good about where we are right now and, and where we are in the tournament. Do you feel like you've got a team that can get to maybe a district final or beyond? Yeah, we think we do. 
we think we do. So uh, they're you know it's tough having ten days off. Uh, the last regular season game was uh, was against Reading. It was an overtime game against Reading. Uh, you know we're up for a while, then Reading took the lead for a long time. Uh, our defense starts some uh, forcing some turnovers. An overtime game. You know, you're thinking, wow, you know, we don't want this one to get away from us with a 10-day layoff. Um, but it was a good gut check for our kids, you know, taking a couple punches there. Uh, very physical game, very fun game to watch. Uh, good one to end the season on. So I was really glad to see our guys get that W. And uh, let's see what we can do in the tournament now. Given that it concluded this, the run of the end of regular season with six in a row, are you, in retrospect, maybe yourself and the coaches happier that you had to gut, gut one out at the end as opposed to maybe winning one by 20 or 30 points and having to sit on that and maybe the fear of coming out in the first sectional game kind of rusty because you didn't have a challenge at the end of the regular season? Yeah, I don't know if there's a fear in there, but, you know, you always want that challenge. And, uh, you know, we, we've had a pretty good run with our season this year. We've had some really good back and forth games. Um, but that one with Reading, it was just – it just seemed like a good game to end the season on, um, you know, to, to, to get challenged, to, to be behind, to answer the call, and, and to come back out. Whatever other cliche we can put in there. Um, <laughs> but it, it was just good, you know, and I, and I really, really felt good for the kids coming out of that game just to, to take that challenge, to take Reading's best punch. And, uh, you know, Reading's had a rough, a rough way this year. They've had a number of, of COVID shutdowns. Uh, they play tough. Uh, they got, they got a nice little team there. I know they're out of the tournament already, but that was a good game. That was a fun game to watch. We'll be keeping an eye on seeing what your, what your team does, uh, in the sectional here. Let's move on. Let's talk about your, uh, bowling teams now. Their seasons have finished up since we, since we last talked here. And, uh, you know, we, we talked to the way the season has gone. It was kind of an up and down year for the boys that have a couple of really nice performances and then, and then uh, would drop a couple there, kind of an up and down year as the things went along. And with the girls, one of the things we talked about as well was you didn't always have a full roster. You didn't have a full allotment of bowlers to get out onto the lane. So, you know, the win-loss record, not indicative of how the season went, given the fact there were times you didn't uh, have a full allotment of bowlers available. Uh, how do, What goes into your evaluation of these programs in the offseason, especially on the girls' side, given the fact that you went through a number of matches without a full complement of bowlers? Yeah, you know, we just we always look at how at the end of the season, how we can improve our programs. And, you know, it's tough when you're when you're bowling six against four or five against four uh, or, or five against six. It's just it's just tough to compete. But our you know, the girls are out there. I think our coaches did a good job working uh, with those athletes. Um, is, is one thing our, our head coach, Jim Barr, had said, you know, I, I have to find a way to get them to have their best games when we get to these tournaments because we've, we've had some very high games uh, along the way. But then I don't know if it's a little stage fright or right or, or what, but they get out there um, and they struggle a little bit. Part of it's being on different lanes and part of it's just bowling against different teams. But, you know, when the time comes, you, you have to – you, you have to score. And Zamir Thoman did that. He moved on to the districts, our, our lone qualifier. So, uh, uh, but then just to follow it up and, uh, you know, we're still a young program. Uh, we're three years into this. So you know, we'll, we'll get our legs and we'll continue to grow. And uh, we've made pretty good strides in the three years that we've had it. How does the dynamic change on the boys side, as you said, was Zamir Thoman getting through as an individual now the focus turns on doing what we can to try and get him on to see if we can send him on to the state meet. Uh, how does that dynamic change within the program, given that he's the only one you have left? 
Well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it changes. Um, you know, we, he's there and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a junior and we've got a couple of juniors that have thrown well this year, Sammy Hankel and Nathan Turner and, and, uh, you know, they, they've, they've thrown well throughout the season. Now they know they just have to consistently raise their game. And that's, and that's part of a development of a program. You know, at first you have to you learn how to compete and you have to learn how to win and win consistently and then win championships. You know, that's what they have to do. So, um, you have to put the time in, in the off season, just can't pick the ball up in October yeah. and expect to be good. They, they have to get out, you know, every month and, and, and roll that ball. So hopefully they do that. They can make the next step. Let's take a dip into the pool here, and uh, let's start with your swim teams first. On both sides of things, uh, they have been, just been deliver delivery after delivery, uh, not only in the sectionals but also the district meets as well. You're going to have a bunch going to the to the state meets, both individually and and in some relay events uh, there as well. Uh, how have you seen them perform in your eyes in, in the postseason? And is there any one specific swimmer or one relay team that you feel? gives you the best shot to win a state championship, or do you feel like you've got multiple state championships within your teams? I think it's going to be hard for us to win the state championship. We're going to compete well. Um, but, you know, when you – unless you win the sectional by – or the district by a lot of time, you're going up against the other the other districts that are posting good times here. So we know we're going to have some good performances. We know uh, Nathan Cox on the diving board. He's certainly in a position to to challenge for a state uh, for a state title. Uh, Philip Forbes and, and Jonah Mikesell and their individual events, uh, the freestyle and the and the fly, they're they're going they're going to compete really well for the boys and our relays there. Um, so we'll see what can happen in there. At this point, yeah, you want to win a state title. You want to be uh, be first or second, but you also just want to get on the podium and, and get top eight. And uh, there's 24 swimmers going. If you can get on the, the top eight or even get in the top uh, 16, it's quite an accomplishment at, at this point. And then, uh, you know, on the girls' side, we got Ava Ellis and Jacqueline Young and, and Lydia Everline. They've, they've been swimming strong all year um, with great time. So it's going to be fun to see what, what they do. The girls swim tomorrow and the boys swim on Thursday. So. So we're really excited to, to send that up. This is the 32nd year that we've sent uh, swimmers to the state championships. So it's quite a record uh, for, for yeah. a school our size. Um, but just really excited to get them on the road and see what they can do the next couple of days. You touched before, and I want to talk about him now, is Nathan Cox and, and the way he's performed really not only this season but throughout his career. And, and you know, diving, you know, didn't have sectionals. They went straight to the districts, and he wins the district title by 175 points. That's a pretty hefty margin to win a district and, se and sets him up well as far as a state meet goes. We've talked about – uh, talked about, you know, his post-high school plans. He's going off to the University of Denver uh, mm -hmm. to dive there. And, and so now everything culminates here with this state meet. Is he or you or the coaches looking at this as state title or bust for him because it's his last go around? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's pretty excited for this. I think uh, coach has high high expectations for him. Uh, you know, it's always it's always a shame. We want to get to that. Uh, we want to get to that top realm, just like boys soccer did. But it's it's such a grind to get there, and especially when you're a senior for four years. You know, he uh, Nathan went through a little bit of period there. He had a muscle pull. Um, he's back. He's strong. He's he's diving well. Um, you know, I don't I don't. 
you know, so much stuff happens between now and then. So mm-hmm. just to have a good, a good meet is what you want to do. But I'm sure in the back of his mind, he wants to go and get that gold uh, in his last high school meet. What's he been, how's he been like to, to talk with and, and, and see his development outside of the pool, maybe just on a day-to-day basis. What's your experience been like with him? You know, he's around me, he's a quiet guy. And, um, you know, we don't see him, we don't, we don't cross paths a lot in the pool at the swim meets because the divers either swim before the meet or after the meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're with the team that way. But, um, you know, he's um, a, a quiet kid. And he's a great competitor, um, has a lot of fun with the dive coach. I know that the dive coach, um, just a, a whole group that they have, um, have have a good group, but he's driven enough, and he's found the, a spot at Denver next year. So uh, it all works out well for him. But that's there's a lot of time on that board, you know, whether it's during the season or in the off season, that they're putting in and honing their craft. So it's just really phenomenal for him to see for us to see him have that kind of success. As we're winding down here on the episode today, and we're also kind of starting to close the book on the winter sports season. We're not there yet, but we're close. Uh, when you take stock of this winter season, uh, how how do you compare it looking back to the fall and, and the different kind of challenges that maybe your winter sport athletes have had to face in comparison with your fall sport athletes? Has it been about the same for you, more challenging in the winter, less challenging in the winter? Uh, there's there's more athletes in the fall, so there's more to worry about. Just you know, teams staying safe, teams not uh, getting the COVID, anything else. And then when we start the fall season, um, it was right around Thanksgiving time. There was a spike in the community, there was a spike in the town, and so that was really that was really hard to deal with. And just wondering, um, you know, how far this season we're going to get through. We did have the experience of the fall that we had gone through a fall season. Um, pre- pretty much unscathed, and we were pretty successful. So um, we thought the kids could could do what they had to do. We would be all right. Um, I think there's just a lot of you know, there's a lot of stress of the unknown of how many games are you going to get in, or are you going to get that phone call that you know someone was positive in practice, or you played against someone who was positive, and it's going to shut things down. It's it's I guess it's a variable that's out of your control. Um, so one thing that we've learned is to control what you can control, which is your effort and your output and your um, uh, being a good teammate and, and not worrying about the things that you can't control, uh, whether someone pops positive or, you know, we can't control those things. So let's not spend the energy on them. So uh, we, we got through and uh, we're, we're happy to reach this point. As I said earlier, we're starting the spring season. And so the speeches and the talks and, and the emphasis will start over again that if we want to see this through, um, you know, it was just about a year. Um, we're about, about two weeks away from when everything got shut down last year and a lot of stuff has happened in that last year. So we're just glad and we're thankful to be at that point. What are you most looking forward to when we start the spring season up in, in, in totality? Uh, warm and no snow, uh, no rain. Um, yeah, just, it's just good to be outside. You know, it's, yeah, I think you always look forward to it. You, you, you like being inside, you like the swim season, you like the basketball season. It's just always good being outside. And I, as an old baseball coach, um, one thing I always liked about the spring season is you're playing your first couple scrimmages, you're playing your first couple games. You're, you're wearing turtlenecks, you're wearing sweatshirts, you're wearing long johns underneath your uniform. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, you're having a workout, you're in shorts, you're in t-shirts, just the change of the season, everything greens up for you. Uh, that's, that's probably my favorite part about the spring season, just getting outside and experiencing all that. 
Well, we'll talk about that here in the, when the spring arrives. But as you say, as you said, you're an old, you're a former baseball coach, and now on, on the administrative side, uh, how's the ball club looking going into the spring? We've we've got the highest numbers going out for baseball that we've had uh, in my 20 years. I've been at Marymount, so we've got 42 kids coming out for baseball. You know, our highest numbers. Uh, you know, lacrosse is big here, and so um, they, you know, that's always been uh, a lot of kids have gone to lacrosse. But our girls' lacrosse numbers are high, our track numbers are high, everything's high, and so we're really looking forward to some good spring seasons uh, and, and just waiting to get outside and get going. And we'll be looking forward to talking about that uh, when the time comes. But we're f- wrapping up the winter season uh, here. A lot of exciting things going on here. Of course, uh, a basketball team still alive. You get swimmers still alive. Nathan Cox going for a, a diving state title. So a lot of good stuff continuing once again, Tom. We certainly appreciate you taking some of your time to talk about it with us. Appreciate it. Appreciate all your work during the season. Um, uh, certainly these these podcasts and then all the work that the team does, they're keeping our schedule up to date. There's been a ton of changes. I feel like I've been emailing you guys every day, <laughs> but we appreciate everything you guys do at, uh, at ESP Media and Sidearm Sports. We're happy to do it, and uh, we'll be looking forward to the spring and just around the corner. But right now, we're closing the book on the winter sports season here on This Week in Marymount Warriors Athletics with Marymount Athletic Director Tom Neural here on ESP Media Powered by Sidearm Sports.